welcome to 1001 Books, the podcast where we read the 1001 books you're supposed to read before you die and decide if they're really worth your time. But today we're not doing that at all. No, today you are listening to Minisode number three, where we are going to be talking about the books that have been longest on our TBR, specifically the ones that we own. Because sometimes you buy books and then they sit on your shelves for years. And some people, like, buy all the books they read, which then it makes sense that they have shelves full of books that they haven't read, right? But neither you and I are both not huge book buyers. And And until recently. Only in the last year or so that we've been talking about this podcast that it has, we flipped the switch and now we're both buying a lot because it's all on or all off, apparently. Uh (laughs) Um, And so we both have developed quite a little bit of a backlog. And so we thought it would be fun to talk about what we buy and why we buy it and why we don't read it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're pretty excited about this. And Oh, I'm Nicole. Oh, yeah. I'm Chelsea. We forgot to introduce ourselves. Yeah. Totally out of our groove. <laughs> and I am normally into Harry Potter, always, and books that are going to make me cry. How about you? And I'm normally into Harry Potter and historical fiction. Which is kind of reflected in our... Unread lists, even a little bit. I mean, I think it is in yours. I feel like the books I have on my unread list are really random, but they do fall into two like real categories. Uh-huh. So I did I did a count. I own like about a hundred and forty books. Okay, not including like cookbooks or whatever, and I all like actual paper books. I don't have a Kindle or anything, and I haven't read about fifteen of them, which I feel like is a pretty good ratio overall. Um, mm-hmm. I expected it to be a lot higher. Um, But looking at, like, those stack of books, they kind of fall into two categories. One, books, or three, I'm going to say three categories. One, books that people gave me and just said, oh, you're a reader, you'd love this, but I didn't pick them out, or maybe Mm. maybe they're not really a normal type of book I read, but I took them to be polite, (laughs) or because I thought, I'll eventually read these. Two, um random, like, nonfiction books that I bought because they were on sale, and I thought oh, yeah, I want to learn about that, but I don't ever feel compelled to read that, like, mm-hmm. nonfiction book. It's not urgent. And three, classics that I bought, like, at used bookstores uh, because I was like, I want to own classics, but then I never touch them because I don't ever feel compelled to read a classic, especially now during the podcast and I'm already yeah. reading those series books. Uh, um, Mine kind of reflect what I normally read. There's a decent amount of fantasy on there. There's some sad World War II fiction on there. There's a Harry <laughs> Potter book on there because I still have not read Cursed Child. I saw it. Don't worry. And I've we're going to see it again in two months. Yeah. Um, and just some like random stuff. I do have a decent amount of books on there. Four of them. Five of them. People have given me. Four or five of them are ones that I have purchased just randomly at a store because I felt the urge to purchase a book. Yeah, Um, also, (laughs) I do have a Kindle, and I don't want to talk about how many of those I haven't read. You have books you bought on there? Well, because you get the free ones every month. So I have a lot of those free ones from Kindle Reads, because, I mean, if it's free, why would I not choose one every month? Yeah, Um, (laughs) that's true. And I also, before Kindle, I've had a Kindle since the very beginning. So back when Kindle books used to be really cheap, um, I bought a decent amount of, like, 65 cents that's so cheap you know because they were really really cheap in the beginning they're still pretty cheap but they were very very cheap at the beginning that reminds Um, me that i also have six 
uh, Kindle books like that I bought uh, that I got for free on Amazon's like World Book Week. Yeah, that I haven't opened at all. <laughs> yeah. On so Amazon. there's that too. Those are not in these pictures. That'd yeah. be too much. Um. That. So which book have you owned the longest that you haven't and you haven't read it? Um. On this stack. Uh. Yeah. I have three. That I, I got all of them in 2009 <laughs> on a trip. I went on a trip in college around the U.S. learning about the history of the civil rights movement and racism. And there's and actually, one of these I realize I have read it. But there's two. Um, the Autobiography of an Ex-Colored Man about uh, someone passing as white. And mm-hmm. An Easy Burden, which is a Martin Luther King autobiography by Andrew Young, who was, like, with him, like, on the balcony when he was shot. Signed copy. I got to meet him cool. on that tree. haven't read the book. It's been uh, <laughs> nine years. <laughs> Those are my longest ones. Um, Other books I've definitely just gotten rid of without reading, giving them to Yeah, away. I'm going to say I definitely have older ones on my Kindle, like, ones that are, like, seven or eight years old yeah um but on here there's one that's probably from like 2014 or so it's from my first like mentor teacher um that she gave me when she was retiring and was like going through things and she was like you need to read this and I love her I don't know why I haven't read it (laughs) um and then one the name of the wind is on that one's called homeless bird and the name of the wind which I started and I really love, and I've gotten halfway through, like, four times. <laughs> but I've never finished because something else has come up. But I really like it. Like, I love the book, and I never feel bad when I, like, restart it and read to the halfway point. Like, so clearly I, like, you just really love that first but half. But it's, like, <laughs> 800 pages long, and I've never yeah. read the whole thing. And so it still sits yeah. there. I it, would say <laughs> the more recent purchases that I haven't read on here, it's oh, or that were given to me, it's always because... I have library books I have to get through. I have podcast books now that I have to read this week. I have four days to read this book or whatever. And so then, and then I keep thinking, oh, I'm going to like take a break where I'm not getting books that I put on hold library and then I'll read these. But I'm always, but every time I like, literally I have probably six or seven books at a library right now, fiction and nonfiction. And today I was like, oh, I probably need to put some more on hold because I'm going to finish these and I can't be without. And I have this like compulsion. And it's so fun to pick out new ones. It really is. And so then I never read this stack of 15 ever. And literally, I mean, if I'm truly honest, there's books on here that I'm just like, I'm never going to read them. (laughs) And you know what? Part of the reasons that yours aren't as old is that you've moved more. Like, I I haven't moved in five years. And so it's been easier for me to accumulate things and not purge. I I frequently purged before this podcast. Though now here's the problem. I don't know how I'd feel getting rid of a book now. <laughs> Just, but think, I mean, recently for the podcast books, I officially filled up like a full shelf. And then I, and that made me realize that owning a thousand and one books is a lot of space. So much more than I was visualizing when we started I'm dedicated. Them. I'm going to own Oh, I'm all. not, I'm still going to do it. <laughs> don't underestimate me. I'm still going to do it. But it made me realize that, um, because I bought a new bookshelf. We both bought new bookshelves and we're only like 20 bucks in. I feel in. like my, fi- my fiance and I are talking about buying a house um, in another area of where we live. We live in a condo right now. But one of the places about this area is that a lot of the houses are old and they have built-in oh, shelves. That's the dream. And I'm just like, Built-ins. I need a house 
with a room of built-ins yeah. because it's gonna be full of a thousand and one books and here's the question right now my one this is a tangent my one thousand and one books are in the order we read them me too do yeah. they stay that way forever yeah, because my other books are sorted by color, which I know some book lovers hate, but I think it makes my room look pretty because all the other, my mm-hmm. bedspread and my furniture and my bookshelves are all white and then my books are like the, color the colorful in your thing room? and like the art is the colorful thing. Like, do we start sorting them by area of the world they're from? Do we start sorting them by uh, author, by title, I by feel, color, by order? What do we do? I feel pretty tied to the current order right now. I feel, I feel, I have feelings about it. <laughs> that they need to be in the order that we read them and that that will make them easier to find. But yours aren't because around the world in 80 days. Maybe you need to buy a new copy. Because I bought that weird 8.5 by 11 copy of when that is at the end. And it is true that inside, I've started inside every book in the cover, I write the number it is on the list. I should do that. And so even though it's out of order and I don't remember what order it's in, when I look at the shelf, I could check. You know what you should do in case something happens and we lose some of our books we should put the name of the podcast in it so that people oh like it like when we die and these books go to goodwill the library people will find the podcast because the internet lives forever i'm giving you yeah. a high five we're doing that <laughs> that really morbid thing i was just like yes because i'm not getting rid of them until then no and somebody's gonna pay for this server. and if i have children i'll expect them to keep them we, and we all set a fund for someone to pay for this hosting service to continue for forever yeah well like, just like in our will like this much money in this bond yeah. to pay for the hosting the interest service. will pay for itself yeah it only needs to pay for nine dollars a month well right now <laughs> but if we finish the list we'll need more gigs no this is unlimited oh good deal i mean inflation it might go up before we finish we're True. only two percent of the way in touche um yeah <laughs> anyways back on track <laughs> uh anyways we love books uh <laughs> Um, so we decided when we started talking about like, do you have books that you haven't read and why haven't you read them? And so you kind of heard what categories our books are in. And the thing is, is I would say that like 75% of these I do want to read. I want to read them. Um, even if I've had them for I would say all of mine I want to read. Yeah. And I think the ones that you had, I had read a lot of them, Mm -hmm. a lot of your list, a good chunk. And so then we decided that we would pick. We'd each look at each other's books and pick the one that you had to read for this week. And so we each picked each other's books. So for Chelsea, I picked um, a book called Gone to Soldiers by Marge Piercy, which is actually mine that I loaned (laughs) to her. So this is a funny book. So I read this in high school and then I liked it. And then I loaned it to a friend who then I think read it, but then kept it on her bookshelf for maybe eight years. Mm -hmm. And then not that long ago, I saw it and I was like, hey, this is mine, right? She's like, yeah. And I took it back, and then that very night, I was coming here to Chelsea's to record, and I was like, you should read this. You would like it. So it's still not in my possession. I will not own it for eight years. Also, I like literally have read 200 pages of this book and just realized the beginning has a list of the characters. That would have been so helpful. Yeah, so do you want to give a little like yeah. summary about the so book? So this book is a World War II book that's following 10 people. And the way it is, is it's from viewpoints. So there's a chapter from one viewpoint, then it switches, and then from another, and then from another, another. So it switches all the viewpoints, but not all the characters are introduced at once. So, like, the first five or six are introduced, and then you follow them for a while, and then the other people start working their way into the story. And so I haven't finished it yet, but it's really interesting, and I, um, I really like it because all of the characters kind of intersect each other, but you don't 
know the ways that they're all going to intersect each other at the beginning. So right. they start to build in. So obviously there's like, there's a pair of cousins who are characters from the very first set of chapters. And so you know how they work together, but then the yeah. other characters kind of start to come in throughout and you're like, oh, that's related to that person. Yeah. Um, but what I was just exclaiming to Nicole as I was opening it up and there is an explanation of who the characters are, not their relationships, but who they are their on names. page <laughs> two, their names, which would have been so helpful for the first, like, 150 pages because I was still getting people confused. Yeah. Now I know. Now I have them in my head. But it literally just gives, like, the introduction so that I could have went back to this page at the start of each chapter and be like, oh, this is this person. Yes. <laughs> it's fine now. That ship has sailed. If you read it, please do it. Yeah. Um, so Gone to Soldiers, Marge Piercy. I don't know if either of us said that. But um, it it's yeah. really good. I don't, so I haven't read it in many years, but I remember really liking it. I think this is one my mom found just by like browsing at a mm-hmm. bookstore, picking up books for me, knowing that I like World War II books. And and I've read a lot more World War II fiction since then. And I would still say that this is one of the most comprehensive books where it's covering, you know, there's yeah. someone on the Pacific front. There's some there's someone in a concentration camp. There's someone who fled the concentration camp to America. There's somebody, who, a woman who's piloting planes around America because men are at war. You know, there's someone who's in the resistance. It's, it's all over the place, but it, but it works, you know, and they're, and you're compelled. And, and spoiler alert for you, I don't know if you've gotten this far, but it's also, I think, the first lesbian love story I've ever, I ever read in a book. Um, when we were in, when I was like seven, sixteen or seventeen, um, and so it's I have very, I have, it, I have fond mem- memories of it um, as being very compelling. Uh, so I'm glad that I made you read it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I, I'm definitely gonna finish it. Our next um, book for the podcast that we're currently reading isn't super long, um, so I can read these two concurrently. And it's it's Memorial Day weekend when we're recording this, so I some have time. a four yeah, day time. weekend. Yeah. And I'm definitely planning on binge reading the rest of this book. <laughs> so yes. there's that. Yes. Um, so, so it was a good pick. And you're. are you glad you read it? I am glad list I read it. I'm books? wondering now if it's cheating, though, because it's not a book I own. But it's a book you had. <laughs> True. And to be fair, I do now own it because I bought it on my Kindle because um, Nicole's copy is kind of falling apart. And my, it's well loved. It's well loved. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad thing. And my book light broke. And so I was, like, trying to read it at night um, when Jeremy was sleeping, and I couldn't. Yeah. And so then I just paid the eight bucks and bought it on my Kindle. Because, again, once you open the floodgates of buying You're just things, like, whatever, money, I don't care. I, yeah. w- <laughs> I would, like, to clarify, I did check all of the library copies were in use before I bought it. I did take that That makes step. me happy, though. That means it's still popular. <laughs> yeah. People are reading it. So um, the book I chose for Nicole is... A History of the World and a Hundred Objects by Neil McGregor. Um, and I didn't have as lovely of a reason for choosing this book. So the book Nicole chose for me is like 800 pages long. And so when I Which was... Which is accidental. I mostly yeah. just chose it because I loaned it to you and I wanted no, to No, I didn't think it. it was intentional. <laughs> um, but then when I was looking at her stack, there were a couple of really thin ones on there. And I was like, I'm not giving her a hundred page book when I'm reading an 800 <laughs> page one. So I tried to choose one that's like middle of the road size and that had an interesting title but I didn't realize it was literally like a non-fiction story about a hundred objects yes. and it's like 545 pages long yeah so, so I made long. it hard for you <laughs> I didn't mean to it really it looks like a mid-sized book yeah it's the binding it doesn't look like it's 500 pages no and I, I thought maybe that it was like a like a story like yeah. I didn't think it no it was non-fiction yeah. so there was so this yeah the intention 
was to be a little bit bitchy, but not to be like mean. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a good story around how I bought this book, though. So uh, two, three, almost three years ago, Aww. we Chelsea and I and friend of the podcast, Amanda, um, and another friend who we have not mentioned, I don't think, for Mila, yeah. went on a trip to the UK together. And we went, stayed in London, and we went all up through northern england and scotland and and it was great and um towards the end of the trip we were in london and it's only two years ago not almost three years ago oh really uh-huh great two years ago we're not as old as we think we are <laughs> um and so when we were in london there was a day where we were like let's all split up and do the things that we want to do but other people aren't interested in and so what i did on that day is i went to the british museum because for some reason since i've been a child i've had an obsession about someday going to the british museum and I think it's because when my mom studied abroad in France and then went, went to the London, like, on her way home, and she's all my life told me stories about going to the British Museum and seeing a Gutenberg Bible uh-huh. and how cool it was. And, and so that was, like, very hard on my list to do. So then I went to the British Museum, and it was very overwhelming because it is, there is so much stuff there, and it's not – at least to me, I did not see not an arranged in a way to tell a story. It's just like Asian artifacts from 200 BC to 400 BC in a yeah. room, and and then 400 to 600. I like, only saw the Gutenberg Bible. I called that one room enough. Yeah. So for like every <laughs> continent, so it's just massive and it's so packed, right? And the the most coolest things like the mummies and the Rosetta Stone and stuff are the uh-huh. most packed. But I saw those things, you know. But I was just like speed walking through it you know and then I at at the end I went to the gift shop because I was like oh I want to have something to commemorate this was I with you at this point no you you didn't you didn't come you didn't come to the British Museum with me Uh uh-huh I saw the Gutenberg Bible well then you left (laughs) I think I Amanda and I only did the books room maybe no that was different that was at the British Library which used to be a part of the British Museum but now is separate but the Gutenberg Bible and that's where we saw it but when my mom went and saw it it was one Uh, place okay got it in the 80s. Got it. Okay. But now that, yeah. So we all went to the one where there was like the Gutenberg Bible and like various other ancient illuminated yes. texts. That was really cool. But then on a different day, I went to the museum. Okay. And um, so to see other stuff. <laughs> Uh, and so I and so I was looking at all the souvenirs, and there was you know things with like oh this painting on it and pictures of the Rosetta Stone or whatever. And so I bought this book, which was written for the British Museum, and it's about a hundred objects throughout history all over the world. Um, that all are in the British Museum. And so there's a hundred chapters in the book and they're covering basically from like the dawn of humanity 1.5 million years ago up until the present. And I only, I didn't get all the way through it. I'm like through 60 objects. (laughs) Uh, And I would say it's pretty dry, the writing, but I I still found it really interesting. And someone on Litzy told me that it was also like a radio series on BBC, which probably would be more fun than reading it. That's really cool. Um, And I think just now I'm getting, now I'm up to like the 1200s, 80s, 1300s. And it's getting more interesting because it's, it's recent enough that it's something I know about, but there's a lot of it just on really ancient history. Um, But I think the author did a good job of like covering how like, um, you know, to not have too of a Eurocentric view of history. Yeah, it sounds like And to think about, like, like how in the Americas, just equally as advanced civilizations as, you know, Egypt or the Syrians or India, like, evolve, but just totally independently, and mm-hmm. how it's interesting how those completely separate cultures did have some of the same touch points at the same time with no contact whatsoever. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Know, which is pretty cool. Um, 
but I feel like he did, maybe not enough in there about why are all these objects in the British Museum when most of them were just stolen <laughs> from, I mean, from places. Like, there's literally, like, the one I just read today was about a, a statue of a goddess from Sri Lanka that is, like, pre-Buddhist, but then kind of incorporated into Buddhism at that time in, like, the year 1000 AD. Interesting. And, and it was it was found you know, by the, gov- the British governor quotes. of Sri Lanka and brought back and given to the museum. And it's, I don't know. I felt like it's weird that why don't they give that stuff back? And it's cool to go to the British Museum and see stuff from all over. And I kind of wish I had read this book before I had been there because a lot of the really, really, really old stuff is tiny, you know, and mm-hmm. I probably just walk right past it. But read this book, it's like, oh, it would have been cool to see this thing that is a million years old, you know? Yeah. That's the first example that we know of, of whatever, this. and um, But it's also hard not to be like, why are these mummies not in Egypt where they belong? Why are, Why is this Or why is there not, like, not... a plaque that says, the Egyptian government has granted us a loan of these yeah, now? Yeah, because it feels like they, sh- like, some of these objects countries are definitely trying to get back right and they're they're not letting them i would assume um so that part was and i feel like this is definitely like a british guy writing this and uh-huh. they have to contend with their own history yeah. of stealing shit um because they stole a lot of shit including most countries in the world um at one point or another <laughs> that's my favorite sentence ever they stole a lot of shit including most countries in have the you world. seen that map online it's like all the countries, it's a map yes. of the world and all the countries that British has, Britain has ever invaded are pink. And it's like 97% of the countries. It's so high. And they didn't occupy all of those, but they have like invaded or conquered yeah. or colonized most of the that's world just, at some time. That's going to be my quote from this episode. Things Britain has stolen most of the things, including almost all the countries. I can't even remember right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen back and quote you. But I think, I, I think the book is good and I, it does appeal to me as like, it's really, I mean, it's interesting to think about our shared history as humanity mm-hmm. and what makes us the way that we are. Like, there's one of them, one of, they're talking, when they're in, like, the Stone Age, they're talking about how people were living in villages of, like, two to 300 people in mm-hmm. most of the world at that time. And then they're saying how, like, if you look now, there's been research done that the number of people, that even in people who live in big metropolitan cities now, the number of people that they, like, have in their phone or they're friends with on Facebook is still 200, 300 people because we have Stone Age brains in the current, only... in our current age, and that's just, like, what we're made to interact with. We can only have a community that's that size, and I think that's just really interesting. Maybe that's why I have so few friends outside of work because I have to hold 30 children in my brain at all times. Exactly. So, yeah, so I, and I'm glad you picked this one because it gave me nostalgic feelings about that trip, which was really great, and I'm glad that it's not just sitting on my shelf forever. Yeah. So, to be honest, I can't say I'm going to rush to finish it now that we've gotten to just this recording. Just one day you will, yeah. But, I would, but it's worth reading. I'm going to leave the bookmark in there. I'm going to come yeah. back to it, I swear. Um, it makes me happy to think of our, like, it's something you bought on our trip. Yeah, right? And I really like the idea of buying books on trips, which yes. this might be the first time that I've done that. Except for when I bought that copy of Around the World in 80 Days in Cambodia, and then I didn't keep it, and then yeah. I had to buy the weird-shaped one. This so. makes me think of another mini-sode we should do. I don't A History of the World and 100 Objects made me think of this. We should do a mini-sode before we go to New York. Yes. Of a new, we should each read a different New York book. Yes, yeah, because we're going to New York in July 2018 mm-hmm. um, for a week, and that would be really fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was trying to think of actually, like, books that would – so we read The Age of Innocence. That's a New York book. We both read The Tree Grows in Brooklyn. That's obviously a New York uh-huh. book. And I'm sure, like, a bunch more, but I can't, like – 
We'll have to Google it. Yeah. I mean, I would gladly reread A Tree Grows in Brooklyn any day of the week. (laughs) Um, But I also am kind of planning on reading that while we're staying in Brooklyn. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I might have also thought of that as a Or on like a plane ride to Brooklyn or like the day we go to the tenement museum and maybe abandon Amanda. She has other plans. Um, Maybe. Maybe maybe we need to like sit in a coffee shop and read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn (laughs) to fulfill my like life dreams. So. I mean, uh, feeling life dreams, that's pretty important. It's pretty important to me. Um, Yeah. We yeah. also have a tradition that when we go on vacation together, we make music videos where we like pick a song relevant to the place and then everywhere we go on the trip, we like dance and lip sync mm-hmm. and then when we get back, we edit it together and it makes this amazing, hilarious souvenir. So when we were in the UK, we did it to I Will Walk 500 Miles, which is like by a Scottish group, right? And, and we literally basically walked 500 miles. Literally, according to our Fitbits, that's how far we walked between us all. And it, was, and it made like the most cool souvenir because you could get the visuals and then since then, Amanda and I went to Iceland and we did Ice Ice Baby mm-hmm. because there's no fast-paced songs by Icelandic band in English um, that are recognizable. So and then and then it would cover all the places. So we're trying to think of a song for New York to do the same thing, which I'm sure there's a lot of choices. Um, so far, I've come up with "Welcome to New York" by Taylor Swift. New York Minute. Oh, and a New York yeah. Minute. <laughs> yeah, that one would be really great. Um, or like. Um, 40, something from 42nd Street uh-huh. and Broadway. Yeah. It's so. it's one of our favorite. One of my favorite things about our friendship is that we've been making videos. Again, another tangent. <laughs> um, since like our whole Get relationship. Get to know us better, And so I'm with it. We can, I could hold up a tree grows in Brooklyn while we're oh, dancing hold, in Brooklyn. You could have a tree. By a tree. By a tree. <laughs> or we could do that song from Hamilton that's like, in New York you will be a new man. That you know. I haven't heard it. Um, serious problem that you need to get on. Nicole might disown me because I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've never listened to the Hamilton soundtrack. But you want to go see it. You need to listen to it. It's so good. It's only $20. It'll change your life. Okay. If you're going to buy books, you can definitely afford to buy the Hamilton soundtrack. And you'll get many hours of joy. (gasps) Many hours of joy. I mean, I've heard, um, a couple of the songs enough that I know them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but, it, I mean, you have to listen to it all in a row. It's amazing. Uh, I wish we were going to see that one in New York, but there's no way we could get tickets. <laughs> Apparently, it's going to be in Vegas when I'm in Vegas in a few weeks, and I don't know why that I'm going to be a really a... angry, because you were talking about that earlier off podcast, and I was like, oh, that'll be great, but now that you haven't listened to it and you're going to get to see it before me, I'm going to be pretty upset. You could fly in and see Hamilton <laughs> with me. Yeah. After this, tell me what weekend you're going, because those tickets are pretty cheap. <laughs> I would do it. I can sleep on the floor in your hotel room one night, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, um, all right, we went way off yeah, topic. Yeah, anyways, do you have any other thoughts about books you own and haven't read? No, I mean, I I kind of enjoy having – I wish I didn't have so many, but I kind of enjoy having a couple books I haven't read on hand always because then I feel like there's always something I could be reading, and I yeah, need that feeling comfort. of stability mm-hmm. in my life. I agree with that for sure. And yeah, it does give you a feeling of comfort. And in general, besides podcast books, I mostly only buy books that I've already read because it'll be like I get them from the library mm-hmm. and I read them and I'm like, this is amazing. I have to be able to loan this to people. I need to own this. Yeah. Even if I don't read them again, I just want to have them and then I'll buy them. That's I more do a lot of me. like 
I know I love this author, so I'm going to buy this book. Or I've read yeah. the first in a series. This is the second. Oh, yeah. In a series, yeah. Then I'll yeah. definitely buy them. But I, um, yeah, that's another one that's on there. I just, I need to quit my job and read all the time. Granted, it's about to be summer, and I have grand plans. But you do work in the summer because teaching doesn't pay you enough to no, take the off. <laughs> but I have a couple of weeks where I have nothing. As I'm looking at my calendar thinking, no, you don't. You're an idiot. Um... <laughs> But you're still going to be able to, like, stay up later yeah, and stuff at I night. Just, yeah. I just want to read. I just would, like, a month where you could, like, read a book every day. Well, we still need to have our we- reading weekend away that we had talked about off podcast before. Yes. We just want to go away for a weekend and stay in a cabin together, but just read. And, and not-, not really talk to each other. Just, like, drink wine and read. Yeah. Like, I would just, like, Occasionally like, go for a walk in the woods. Yeah, like, low-level yeah. tipsy reading the whole weekend. Yeah. I think that's a great plan. And then we bring, like, one podcast book that we're both reading and, like, two other books. And we could live, not live, but, like, hourly update, hour 24, yeah. hour 25. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I love that. We should definitely Hour should 6 through 12, we were asleep. <laughs> that's not a lot of hours for vacation. <laughs> six hours. We have to get back to that important reading. Oh, gosh. Well, we, um, I don't know what else I have to say about yeah. unread books, but I'm glad that we did this. I think that this is maybe something we need to have be a recurring. Yeah, maybe episode. like once a year. Yeah. We try to pull something off of I mean, those. Because it's just We're nice. only going to buy more books, you guys. We're only going to buy we, more. We've opened the floodgates. And They're not, not closing. <laughs> it's, it's problematic. I would say of, oh, we just recorded an episode and I forgot to mention my favorite thing. So we're double recording this and I'm going to mention it in this mini so because it's that <laughs> important to me. So we, when you hear this, it'll be last week's episode. Yeah. yeah. So in last week's episode about um, if this is a man, we recorded it and I forgot about one of my favorite quotes because it's not really about the Holocaust. Um, it's sure. just a quote about, so this man who wrote this novel, Primo Levi, um, said at one point during his life when he was being interviewed by something, someone, printed paper is a vice of mine. Oh. And I just, I'm going to get that printed and, like, hung. And you should I, get a tattoo. Printed paper is a vice Printed of paper is a vice of mine. Like, it's just, it is. It's And of the vices you could have. There's way worse ones. There's yeah. way worse things that don't educate you and don't make you more empowered yeah. as a person. Like, I just, yeah. I want that in Clarice calligraphy on our recording wall one day that's something that i have loved about getting the podcast on the social media site let's see that's all about books Mm -hmm. because uh it's really like a community of people who like just really get it you know they really get the love of books and people on there we read that like that we follow like a very wide variety of genres and stuff but that idea that like this is enriching us Mm -hmm. enriching our lives is so like constant it's like really lovely this summer i'm also gonna join our litzy at some point and like go on (laughs) it i've literally never accessed it because i haven't had time to learn the platform so this summer i will access it we have over 200 followers on there it's we're crazy. beating our ants. Our Instagram is being beaten by our let's see. Yeah, but I mean, it's our target audience. Let's yeah. be honest. Um, okay, well, let's wrap up Minisode 3 then. Um, so we will see you back next week where you we will finally hear book 20. Gormengast. No, nope, nope. nope. Titus, Titus Grown. Grown. <laughs> Gormengast is a sequel, will be book which 21. you will learn. Yes. <laughs> um, so we will see you then. Happy, Happy reading! reading.